What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. It's week five of the Texas high school football season here in the Brazos Valley. Joining us today on the podcast later will be Mike Lucas of KAGS. He's going to help us break down District 10 5A Division 2 as the Rudder Rangers and AM Consolidated Tigers get started on their district schedules this week. But first, Let's check in with our other co-host, Abigail Ochoa. What's going on, Abigail? <laughs> hey, Alex. Oh, my gosh. For anybody who doesn't know, this is our third time trying to redo this opening here um, because I have Wi-Fi issues, but um, I'm doing good. Um, I'm excited for this week. We get to talk to Mike today, which is always fun. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it before um, I go out again. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll start with you. Uh, let's look at those College Station Cougars. They beat Porter by 42 points last week, but it didn't seem like the Cougars were satisfied whatsoever. Yeah, you know, it was a weird week. I mean, when you look at the scoreboard, you think, wow, they just blew Porter out of the water. And, I mean, they did uh, to a certain extent, but penalties and turnovers are really the problem Friday night. And – um you know, we know how good the Cougars are this, this season. They're a great program. They're solid in, in almost every aspect um, when they get on the field. Um, so that's how they won by 42 points, obviously. But um, I think it was still – I think for a team that's looking at getting far into the playoffs and knows that once they do get to the playoffs, it's going to be a tough game every week, um, I think it was a hard game to swallow um, just because they're looking, you know – they have that in their mind that they want to eventually make it a run in the playoffs. But, um, you know, they turned over the ball on downs in the first possession. Um, I think what happened there actually was they thought it was third down and it was fourth down. Um, mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they went for it um, on fourth and maybe four, something like that. And that's how, you know, things started to tumble from there. Um you know, Huff, Coach Huff said they did some out-of-character things, which I think is really a good way to sum it up. And, and they were just, you know, the, the defense started having trouble with penalties and things like that. They extended a lot of Porter's drives, um, which kept them on the field longer than they needed to be and, um, you know, tired them out a little bit. But I think, you know, Porter was obviously able to control time of possession, which, um Um, I believe they were able to do last year too, but um, you know, it was just, I think if this wasn't the Porter team that it was, you know, the score could have been a little different. If this was a Magnolia or even a Magblast, then, you know, it would have been a little, a little tougher on the scoreboard, but um, you know, the Cougars are always looking to improve. I think we know that after every game, but I think specifically this one, um, when they saw a lot of, a lot of little mistakes kind of, put them in, in, um, tough situations. Yeah. You know, just kind of looking at that, you know, what does it kind of say about the Cougars that, you know, they won a game by 42 points, but are still looking to get better. I mean, that, that just really kind of speaks to me of the kind of level that they're playing at right now. Oh, for sure. You know, like, you know, like I said, I mean, I'd be surprised if they really, if, if this whole season they didn't have their eyes on the playoffs, because I think they maybe expect isn't the right word, but 
I think they're so strong and I think everybody knows that they're so strong that they're, um, you know, everybody's expecting them to be there. You know, there's no, I, I don't think there's a question as, as far as the district goes that they are the top team in there. Um, so I think with that in mind, um, they really don't want to risk anything in district play. And like, you, you know, I talked to Coach Huff after the game and he said, we really didn't play well. And then when you look at the score, 40, 45 to three, you're like, you know, well, how, how does a coach say that with that score? But really, they're so strong that they shouldn't be making these little mistakes. And I think they, they realized that on Friday. Um, and we've talked about it in the past few weeks. They've been, the penalties have really put them in some tough situations that they've had to get themselves out of. Um, so I think it's something that you, of course, you never want to see it as any football team. Um, but I think them especially because they, they, they know that they're better than that. Um, and like he said, they have some things to improve on. They did some out of character things. And I think they're really gonna um, work on that because like I said, they, they wanna make a playoff run and they know um, penalties and turnovers keep happening throughout the season. For sure. Well, on the other side of town, a Consolidated, they didn't look, they didn't look too hot. Uh, Played sloppy. They struggled in a surprising loss to Willis. Uh, they came in as big favorites. Uh, kind of a letdown after the big win over Judson. You know, um, Consol had chances. Um, the offensive line was really tested for the first time, too. You know, been been really strong up front, uh, running, running really well. Protected Brody Daniel really well through those first three games. But gave up, I think, three sacks. Gave up a number of tackles for loss. Had some had some great field position chances, but just really couldn't capitalize, especially there in that first half. And then the third quarter, two pivotal fumbles um, on, on the first play of a drive. I mean, Willis had the ball for the first, like, seven minutes of the quarter. Consol uh, only ran one play. And so, you know – Willis's quarterback really stepped up there in that second half, Derek Lagway. He's going to be a guy that we probably keep, we'll hear about here in the next couple of years. He's only a sophomore, but holds a number of offers from power five programs, including Texas A&M. So, you know, I think this was kind of a one-off game for Consol. You know, we've seen how strong they had been those first three weeks and, you know, you never want to lose a game. But if you're a team that has weaknesses, you know, and you're going to drop one, doing it in pre-district is probably the best time to do it because it doesn't necessarily affect the, the district standings or your, your playoff seating. Um, and, and it kind of gives you a wake-up call too. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how Consol can respond this week. They're going on the road playing Lamar Consolidated. Uh, we'll get into that more in a second. Uh, with Mike, but yeah, just, you know, kind of a one-off game, I think for the Consol Tigers and, and, and they, they know it, you know, um, talking with coach Fedora, you know, he acknowledged maybe he didn't coach as well as he could have, but players also taking some responsibility for, for some of the mistakes and some of the key, key plays that, that cost Consol in that game. So Abigail, what was one area game that, that caught your eye last week? Um, 
Well, Cinderella at, at Palestine Westwood um, was a pretty good game that I, I guess I didn't expect to be um, such a good game. I mean, uh, Cinderville, um, I think everybody had them picked to win. They were projected to win by 17 points um, or more. Um, so I thought it was going to be a pretty good, like, quick in and out for Centerville. Um, and Palestine Westwood really challenged them. Um, Palestine Westwood tied it twice in the third quarter um, with two different field goals. Um, so, you know, Centerville had to rise to the challenge, and we saw that from them. Paxton Han Hancock ran for 159 yards and four touchdowns, including the game winner in the overtime. Um, and then you have, you know, you have Austin French and, and Lavadric Phillips, who had, um, who ran for 50 or more yards. Um, so I think the Tigers are on a roll. I think we're consistently see, seeing them, especially, um, you know, when I do on a roll on Mondays, I'm consistently seeing them have some of the top stats um, every week. And um, we're seeing that in their record. I mean, they're three and one right now. Remember who that loss was to, but we're seeing really good things. I didn't expect it to be as close at 26-20, but um, it was exciting for the Tigers, I think, to get that win there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the game that caught my eye was definitely um, Calvert taking down Allen Academy. You know, we yeah. talked last week trying to trying to see. You know, Calvert. This was their first game of the season. You know. How would they stack up? You know, they've only got seven guys. Uh, didn't really seem to matter. Uh, Jacarius Shells, I mean, six touchdown passes in a, in a pretty impressive victory. MJ Thomas, big guy. I mean, he's probably got to be really hard to cover. Uh, six, eight yeah. basketball stud catching four of those touchdowns. <clears throat> you know, um, defense getting it done with a couple of pick sixes and Allen, you know, losing, losing their second straight, you know, we, we were curious how they do coming off the loss to St. Joe's. Um, but, but Calvert, you know, really proving their worth, uh, really showing that, Hey, they might've missed the first three weeks of the season, but they're still worthy of that number four ranking down at the, the class a division two level, uh, that they had coming into the season. So, Big win for the Trojans. All right, coming up next, we got Mike Lucas. He's breaking down District 10, 5A Division 2 with us. We'll be back here in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. Now joining us on the Brazos Sports Preps cast is Mike Lucas from KX Sports. Mike, what's going on today, man? Hey, the cold front has rolled in. It's 80 degrees outside. <laughs> it's lovely after we do this and after I do a couple other things. I'll be sitting by the pool because today is my half off day of the week. You know, during football season, you don't <laughs> usually get a full one. So I got to enjoy nope. the halves when I get it. Yep. But other than that, I'm doing good and ready to talk a little high school football. District play is about to start. So the dress rehearsals are over and it's time for the real fun to begin. For sure. Feel, feels like fall. Feels like fall. Well, Mike, we're breaking down District 10, 5A Division 2. We got AM Consolidated and Rudder here locally. Huntsville, one of the area teams that you guys cover. You know, what have you kind of made of this district as a whole through the preseason? You know, it kind of seems like there's maybe five or six teams that can contend for those four playoff spots. Yeah, you look at the standings right now, and it's a murderer's row. I believe 
Lamar consolidated is one and three and everyone else has a winning record. And there are multiple teams that are still undefeated. So when you look at that through non-district play, sometimes it's tough to gauge how good a team actually is because the level of competition. Uh, I know when Rudder played El Paso Americas in San Antonio, Colin Deaver, the previous KX sports director before Justin had a theory that El Paso football just isn't good and that Rudder could beat any El Paso team by 21. Well, they beat a 6A El Paso team by 35. So his his theory was put to test. So I have no idea how good that El Paso team is. But, hey, Rudder's 3-0. They're entering district play undefeated for the second year in a row. Huntsville just got shellacked by a really good Sheldon King team on, uh, on last Friday. They lost by 43 points. I believe that's the biggest loss they've suffered during the Rodney Southern era since I've been here. And then you look at Consal. They were rolling high. That offense couldn't be slowed down. They beat a 6A Judson team uh, two weeks ago. And you're like, hey, they're on a roll. They've got all that to number five in the standings. And they come out. And with all due respect to Coach Fedora and those guys, because we like them over at, uh, at, at Adam Consolidated, but kind of laid a dud against Willis. And Alex, I know you were there. I had to leave at halftime. They had opportunities to win that game. They were 31-point mm. favorites in the Dave Campbell's Texas metric. And Willis ended up being the – biggest underdog to win a game last Friday and granted Willis I don't think it's a bad team but though if they place 10 times I think Consal is going to win eight or nine of those 10 opportunities so <laughs> to see them kind of trip and fall before district play could go one of two ways either a hey we see where our shortcomings are we know where we have to improve upon before district play comes here or b we just got exposed and now the blueprint's out for how to beat us so I'm interested to see how Consal can bounce back and for the Tigers they start district play against that one and three Lamar consolidated team. So hopefully that should be an easy W for them as they ease into the rest of what is probably going to be a really tough district slate. Yeah. Well, let's focus on Rudder for, for right now. You obviously mentioned that they're undefeated right now, um, but big wins, like you said. So we're not really sure, um, I guess, what to make of them yet, but what do you make of the Rangers right now? And the money question, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Well, I'm going to hold off my judgment on the playoff question until <laughs> I see them play Huntsville because one thing we know about Huntsville know. is whether or not this is the same Huntsville defense as it was last year, Rodney Southern can coach up to some defense. And I would throw last week's result against Sheldon King out the window. Rudder still has EJ Ezar. And if EJ Ezar is your quarterback, you're going to be able to score points. I think we've seen that. Throughout the last two seasons, even when Rudder's been kind of up and down and inconsistent, their offense has still been able to produce points with EJ under center and his father, Eric, calling the shots. You got, you know, MJ Hurd on the outside, still have a couple weapons, and they have a freshman running back whose name's ex- uh, escaping me at the moment who has produced some big numbers. The difference for Rudder this year, in my mind, is defensively, they've been really good. Now, Bash drop early, gave up a, a, a cheap touchdown, and I know Coach Juan's back, but they held El Paso Americas to seven points, and you look across the board, and Rudder's defense has kind of been their Achilles heel the last two seasons. So far through three games this year, take competition, however you want to look at it. That defense has been stout, and they don't need to be great defensively. They just need to be good enough, get a couple stops, because you know EJ and company are going to put up points. So I'm really interested to see how that Ranger offense attacks a Huntsville defense that just got exposed last week. You think what they did last year, Rudder couldn't move the ball to save their lives against the Bobino brothers in the middle. And that Huntsville defense was one of the best in the state. No one really can move the ball against them. So I'm interested to see now with those two guys gone, EJ back, 
can they finally found can they finally find that counter to what the Hornets do so well defensively? Yeah, you know, kind of kind of turn or you know, let's just let's just ask this question now since we're talking about Rudder. You know, what would a win over Huntsville do for the Rangers? I think it would mean the world. This is a team that has never made the playoffs since the school opened. And to make the playoffs in this gauntlet of a district, you're going to have to knock off one of these top teams, whether it's Huntsville, whether it's Kinsaw, whether it's Lake Creek. Rudder is going to have to beat one of those three teams to position themselves to get one of the four playoff spots. I don't believe they've beaten Kinsaw yet. No. I know they haven't beat Huntsville yet. So I don't want to call it a program-defining win, but this would be the first step in them etching this team's name in the history books because if they want to reach the postseason, which obviously is the goal, it's what they've been talking about since the Ezars got there two seasons ago, two and a half seasons ago, you have to knock off one of the big boys. And I think this Huntsville team dealing with some injury issues, going with, they got a lot of young pieces on both sides of the ball. I think this is a game that is gettable for them and to have it at home. Wait, it's no, it's in Huntsville. It is in Huntsville. I take that back. Even on the road, <laughs> scratch that from the record. It's in Huntsville. I knew that. I got a little ahead of myself. I I, I was drinking the rudder juice. I, listen, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a huge game, and I do think it's a it's a game that a rudder can win, and b they have to win one of these games to make the playoffs. So you could maybe it's not Huntsville, maybe it's Consol, maybe it's Lake Creek. Take your choice of which one's the most beatable. They have to win one of these three games to get themselves in that. In, in one of those four playoff positions. Hmm. Yeah, you know, kind of shifting gears, looking at AM Consolidated now. You know, we, we talked about it. You know, they had things rolling. And then <clears throat> last week, both of us saw, Mike, that, you know, Consol just didn't have, they, did, they just didn't quite have it against uh, Willis. You know, had those chances in the second half. You know, they had, they had two fumbles there in the third quarter that were pretty costly. Uh, gave Willis some extra chances to retake the lead there in that in that third quarter. But you know, look, putting that putting that g- game aside, thinking okay, maybe this this might have been kind of a one off for the Tigers from what we've seen the first three games. You know, what's really impressed you about that Consol team so far? It's been the balance offensively. I mean, you look at Brody Daniel, his first career varsity start, throws for seven touchdowns, comes back the next week runs for four or five touchdowns. You have Keyshawn Thomas in the backfield, who is, in my opinion, one of, if not the best running backs in the entire Brazos Valley. And he's only a sophomore. I mean, this kid has a chance to be a special, special, special player as he gets older in his high school career. He's still an underclassman. What is he, 15 years old? Yeah. Maybe six to like, yeah. that kid has a chance to be legitimately special. And then you look at the receivers. I mean, Wesley, Wesley Graves as a junior has been awesome. Uh, Wyatt McDougal's been good. They they got a couple of guys on the outside who have been able to move the chains and shown chemistry with with Daniel already early in the season, which was the big question mark heading into the year. Were they going to start the freshman or were they going to start the senior? Well, Daniel ended up winning the job. And so far, at least prior to the Willis game, that offense had been darn near unstoppable. So, you know, I I think Willis as a slip-up was maybe a good thing. I know Coach Fedora will find ways to use that as motivation to get his team back on track. But the, the consistency and the versatility of that offense, I think, has been beyond impressive, especially considering the question marks they had on that side of the ball entering the season. For sure. Yeah. You know, just kind of echoing off of that. 
I feel like I might have jinxed their offensive line last week. I wrote I wrote this nice feature story about how they run the ball really well and hadn't given up a sack, and then all those things came crashing down in that loss against Willis. <laughs> but that that's been a big thing for me that I've noticed about this consult team is that up front they're taking care of business in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You know, you look at the defensive side too. Jaden Thomas was the only uh, returning starter, I think. Uh, and, you, and you've had a couple of guys that are juniors step up there. And even after losing your starting other to starting defensive end, Major Schultz, the beginning of the season, you know, they've been pretty solid in that front seven, uh, getting to the quarterback, being in the backfield, filling gaps and holes. That that That's something that's really impressed me about this consult team. Yeah, defensively, they've been awesome. And Tyndall McNamara at linebacker forced two fumbles last week. He's been a stud. Jaden Thomas, if you're shooting them on defense, you might as well just follow number five because he's always <laughs> yeah. going to be around the ball. That kid, I don't know if he's he's addicted to the football. He's always around the football on defense. What was, I guess, disappointing is the word I'll use against Willis is they had those two early turnovers. The defense mm-hmm. – set up the offense in short fields and the offense couldn't convert those opportunities into points. And in a close game like that, I mean, that's the difference. Even if you get two field goals there, you go in a halftime up 16, seven, not 10, seven. And right. you, you never know how the second half goes. So yeah, defensively, they're good. That we thought that was going to be the strength of this team entering the year. At, at least I did with Jaden Thomas returning. And you had so many question marks at quarterback and kind of shuffling pieces on the outside. And so far, the defense, I mean, they shut down Judson. Judson's a good 6-8 team. They had 14 points and one was a garbage-time touchdown. Consal's good. They What they showed against Willis was not good. Consal's a good football team. I think we'll see them return more to form of the first three weeks of the season as district play gets underway, as opposed to what we saw last Friday night against Willis. For sure. Um, well, Mike, I, you cover Huntsville, um, so let's talk a little bit about them. Uh, we don't get to talk about them much. Um, but Rudder and Consal have to both go through um, Huntsville, like we mentioned. So what do you think makes Huntsville such a strong team? And how tough is it for them to start back-to-back Rudder and then Consal? Well, Huntsville, is, as long as Rodney Southern's the coach up there, they're, they're going to be good defensively. And I think what you saw last week was an aberration. Is this his best defense of recent memory? No. I mean, they lost the Bobino brothers who combined to weigh 900 pounds in the middle and have about 77 sacks last year alone. So when those two were there, you you had to change your game plan to completely avoid wherever they were on the field. They just lost their best pass rusher last week in the loss. Uh, Calvin Simmons, I believe is his name, uh, hurt his leg. He will not be playing this week against Rudder. So that, that's advantage for the Rangers. But what makes them good is they're super well coached. Defensively, they're young but athletic. And offensively, which has been their weakness the past couple of years, is just because their defense has been so good. They have a senior quarterback named A.J. Wilson, who's a bona fide stud. He is an absolute electric athlete. He may even be a better basketball player than he is a football player. He already has a couple of Division I offers for football. So he is just a dynamic athlete when he leaves the pocket, which he doesn't like to do, by the way. You know, sometimes there's scrambling quarterbacks who drop back to run. Wilson wants to throw the ball, but the threat of his legs make him so tough to contain because even when he's moving forward, He's keeping his eyes downfield looking for receivers. And with him at the helm, I mean, they scored 40, 41 points against Willis. They beat the same Willis team that Consal lost to. And a little fun fact here for you guys, uh, Wilson, their quarterback, is their holder on field goals. They've scored two fake field goal touchdowns this year on passes. They, they've pulled out back-to-back weeks, a fake field goal pass. 
So they're structurally and fundamentally sound on defense, even though they're young. And offensively, they have a couple dynamic weapons, especially Wilson at quarterback, Justin Butcher at receiver. And then they're creative, and they find ways to get their best players open in space. And I think that's what makes them so dangerous. As for starting off with Rudder and Consol, well, we're going to find out who's the best of the crop early because through two weeks of district play, we're going to have a local on local team and then a, I guess, area team for you guys on local team setting up. So we're going to find out, A, is, is Huntsville's offense good enough to sustain maybe a little lackluster defense? And we're going to find out from Rudder and Consol, hey, how good is this offense going against probably the best defense they've seen all season? Well, Mike, before we let you go, you know, I know it's early. Do you kind of have a feeling how this district might shake out? Who, who some of the guys, who some of the teams that you think can contend for that title are? I, so I look at Montgomery Lake Creek, <clears throat> and I haven't seen them play, but they're four zero. So obviously they're good. Montgomery, their quarterback has a couple D one offers. I'm, I'm sure they're good. I'm looking at the Max Prep standings right now, and I didn't notice this until this exact moment, guys. Rudder's points for to points against is 146 to 30. They're a plus 116 through three games, according to Max Preps, if this is right. That's insane. So I, I, I can't make a playoff prediction without seeing some of these other teams, Alex and Abigail, but I just think this is going to be the district to watch this year. I don't think there's any easy games on the schedule minus Lamar consolidated. We'll, we'll see how they handle AM Consol this week. So maybe cross them out, but every other game this season is going to be a dogfight. And it wouldn't shock me to see the winner of this district have two losses and happen to have the tiebreaker over the team that finishes in second. We've seen Huntsville and Consol run the table and win district like that. I believe the last three years, maybe going further back, but I believe the last three years, it's been an undefeated district champion. I'll tell you this, I will be shocked, absolutely shocked, if the winner of this district goes undefeated this season. Fair enough. I'm right there with you. Well, Mike, how can people tune in to, to watch the KAG Sportscast? If you can tune on, tune into KAGs, we're on at 6 and 10. You can always watch on the app. And then Friday Night Lights starts at 10 10 every Friday. We have 14 games on tap this week, Alex. So we have shooters galore. So if you want to see, in my opinion, the best highlights in the Brazos Valley, please tune into KAGs. Uh, we think, it, if nothing else, we're going to have fun. And when me and Justin start rambling and rumbling on highlights, and Justin's back, so uh, it'll be good to have my compadre back at the desk with me. It's been, uh, it's been lonely on Friday nights without him for the last couple of weeks. So when we get rolling on highlights, they may not all make sense, but I promise you, you'll probably laugh at something we say. So hope to see you guys Friday night. That's great. Well, Mike. Thanks again for tuning or coming on with us. Uh, we'll be back here in a minute for breaking down more action here in the Brazos Valley. All right, let's knock this last part out. In three, two, one. All right, Abigail, we're back looking at some other big games in the Brazos Valley this week. Let's start with the Bryan Vikings. They're facing the Temple Wildcats at home this week at Merrill Green Stadium. Brian had the bye week last week. You know, we talked with David Campbell about, about them and just kind of looking at the Vikings. You know, bye weeks seem to come at a good time. We'll see how well they've been able to regroup and maybe grow over the last week. They're big underdogs, though. Um, you know, a, a win might might be considered surprising, but 
a win could go a, a long way for them. Um, you know, what What do you think it might take from Brian to, to try and pull off the upset over Temple? Yeah, well, you know, I think definitely starting off with Temple um, as your district opener, obviously, I, it, it has to set the tone for the rest of the district play, I think. I think if um, – if uh, Brian loses, but they lose well, um, then I think we have some hope for them to come back um, in the, during the district play. Obviously, Harker Heights, it will be a tough one to win too, but um, it's all really going to depend on this first Temple game here. Um, we, we've been talking about Brian's defense being the strength of their team. That's why they have the most depth. They have the most guys who can come in and come out and things like that. Um, but I think the good thing for Brian this this week specifically is that Temple's been going through a lot of the same things that they've been going through. We talked about it with David. They've been going through some injuries that have forced them to move people around. We know Brian obviously had, had to do that pretty early this season, um, especially at quarterback. Um, so I think it's going to be, um, you know, I think Brian's defense is really going to have to show themselves this week. If they are able to force Temple to make mistakes early and take advantage of those on offense um, with whoever's running the ball, whatever, you know, I'm assuming that they're going to stay with the run game and, and things like that. But um, they're going to really have to capitalize on any stops that the defense is able to make um, on Friday night. So, of course, we always want to see the offense maybe put some more uh, points on the board than they have been. Um, but, yeah, they really just need to capitalize on any opportunity that the defense gives them. Because although Temple has been going through similar mistakes, I mean, Temple is no joke to start off with um, on di as your district opener. And I think, um, you know, you're going to have to get past Temple or Parker Heights this year to, to, to do anything. So, um depending on how <clears throat> it's just going to depend on um, the defense again this week and, and really the offense making some noise um, and putting some more po points on the board there. Well, Abigail, the game you're going to be up Friday night, College Station hosting New Caney, you know, how can getting back to kind of the basics or the standard ways help the Cougars in, in their quest of doing big things this season? Yeah, I think getting back to, you know, quote unquote normal is exactly what needs to happen for the Cougars. You know, I mentioned it earlier. They, you know, after Friday night's game, they were all about improvement. And um, I think they're going to be able to come back this week. No problem. They're back at home. Um, which is good for them. The Cougars like to play to the home crowd. Um, <clears throat> Cougarfield just creates a different kind of environment, I think, for them. Uh, New Caney is, is 3-0 coming in, um, which I think is exactly where they were, about where they were last year when College Station beat them 49-7 to um, on the road. Last year, uh, you know, College Station's defense um, pretty much shut down the Eagles run game almost immediately. And the, and the offense was able to have a really good first half, um, which I think is something that um, we haven't necessarily seen from them um, against Magnolia or Porter. And Magnolia, obviously it was, uh, you know, t t 10 to zero at halftime, I think. And against Porter, it was 24 to zero. But like I mentioned, the score didn't really show, wasn't a good representation last week of how they were actually playing. Um, so I think again, this week, the defense is really going to set the tone. Um, 
like they did last time, but we know what the offense can do. We know they can put a lot of points on the board, no matter the problems that they're going through. Um, so I think, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be another, uh, we're going to see another score like we did last week against Porter 45 to three, but I think this time um, maybe a little less penalties and turnovers for the Cougars there. Well, I don't have this on the notes, but uh, a consolidated playing Lamar consolidated. We've already kind of touched on them, but one point I wanted to bring up on them, Abigail, you'll be at this game Saturday night down in the Houston area. This starts an interesting stretch for Consol. They're playing a Saturday game before they play Huntsville on Friday, before they play Lake Creek on a Thursday. So these next three weeks are about to be really odd and bizarre, just kind of timing schedule-wise for Consol. But at the same time, they're pivotal. You know, they Lamar consolidated, very athletic team, um, you know, Lee, Lee Fedora kind of mentioning how, yes, you know, they're one in three, but they've got dudes that can make some plays. Uh, I expect Consol to win this game, but I'm curious to see how the Tigers respond after kind of getting punched in the face last week against Willis. Um, but then, but then you kind of look at it. How, how, how does this translate? Um, can, can they, can they adjust and roll with maybe a little different of a schedule uh, than they're used to and, and be able to win some of these big games. Cause you look at the middle, the middle stretch of their district schedule when you got Huntsville and then the Montgomery schools back to back, that's a key three game stretch for Consol. I, I'm curious how they kind of go through with that, how they handle it um, and, and having kind of a different schedule, you know, that could throw some teams off, but uh, we'll, we'll see how Consol's able to handle that. Abigail, what is one area game you've got your eye on this week? So, yeah, Caldwell is playing Cameron, which I think is a a really interesting matchup. I think we can roll this back if I'm wrong next week, but I think the Yeomen will um, get their first win this week. I I have a lot of confidence in that. I think, you know, they've gone 0-4, you know, I think I mentioned before, they ha- they didn't have an easy non-district day, you know. <clears throat> so, you know, we always talk about how non-district is not always a good representation of some of these teams. And that's, I think that's true in this case. I think Cameron is really strong. They got close to Franklin um, in the third quarter. It was only 28 to 21. Um, Franklin, as we know, a great team, great defense. Being able to get that close to Franklin, especially in the third quarter, I think showed a little bit of Cameron's grit and showed that they're able to, you know, stay together with some really tough teams and put up some good points there. Um, I think that might, well, other than Lorena, that might be the closest that anyone has gotten to the Lions. Um, But Godwell, um, you know, they've been playing well too this season uh, under Boone Patterson, who came from Snook. Um, and I think they'll put up a fight against Cameron. I have no doubt about that. I don't think it's going to be a blowout of any kind. But, um, you know, Cease brought up a good point the other day. I think Caldwell really needed to be getting uh, Giddings last week um, to have a chance of beating Cameron this week. Um, Giddings was – or it, they are now one and three um, with the win against Caldwell. Um, 
But before that, they were outscored 141 to 42. Um, and the Buffaloes were able to um, rack up 310 total yards against Caldwell. So I think that really showed, at least right now, where Caldwell is, even though they had a strong start, Caldwell is now 2-2. Two and two. Cameron is 0-4, so it looks like it's a lopsided, you know, matchup. But I really think Cameron's, like I said, Cameron's record is not showing the talent that they have. Um, they have a good, good um, quarterback um, and and just really good uh, guys defensively that I think can um, are really going to help them. And I think that's how they're going to get their first win. Um, Rick Rose would have liked the schedule to look right now, but um, I still think that they'll be good to go in this district. I think this is going to set the tone for the rest of the way. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the matchup I'm looking at this week. What I'm looking at, I'm curious how Burton, Burton will fare against Shiner on the road. Burton's 3-0. They're now in the top 10 of Dave Campbell's rankings at number nine in 2A Division Two, But now they're going on the road facing Shiner, who's number two in 2A Division One. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Shiner won the state championship at that level last year. It, they played in the championship game at least. Yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, Shiner, just looking at, just looking at what they've done, they, they have won very handedly. Uh, they beat Blanco 41 to seven. That's a very impressive win. They just went on the road last week and beat a ranked Poth team 39 to 10 uh, down in the San Antonio area. Burton Burton's rolled pretty easily uh, these first three games, just from the looks of things. Um, but now this is a big test uh, right before district play starts. Uh, you got to like the matchup that, Coach Hody's putting up, uh, getting his guys exposed to probably one of the best teams down in the small school level in the state. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if Burton can can win this game, but you know, if they can challenge Shiner and go toe to toe, I mean that that's just going to prove that Burton's probably a real legit contender down at the 2A Division II level. Um, a team that I, we've already had our eye on and have talked about a little bit the last couple weeks. Yeah. So uh, I'm really curious to see how Burton can fare against a really good Shiner team that is probably one of the state contenders at the 2A Division One level. So that's a game and I've got my on this week. Yeah, Shiner did win. Um, so Shiner did win. Right that's there. what I thought. That's what I thought. They, they beat Post 42 to 20. That's right. Um, it right but yeah um so yeah good callback all right well that's gonna do it for this episode of the brazos sports preps cast for abigail ochoa i'm alex miller we'll see you next week